Welcome to the Thrive Podcast, the place where you will get to know inspiring real-life women who dare to do the uncommon. They embrace who they are in their life's purpose, and most importantly, they thrive because of it. I am Olga Mueller, a personal success coach and speaker, passionate traveler, and unshakable believer that everyone deserves to live a life they love without ever having to feel guilty about it. Each week, I will introduce you to powerhouse women from all around the world to show you that you can create a fulfilling life you love, no matter the circumstances, personal history, or topic. Me and my fellow ladies are here to bust your fears, your feelings of guilt and shame, and boost your confidence to a whole new level where you are finally able to see that I can do it too. Get ready to dare, embrace, and thrive unapologetically with us. Let's do this. So welcome to a new episode of the Thrive Podcast, everyone. This is like uh, a completely once in a lifetime. We never had that on a podcast because uh, with me today, I have Lene Kimura again. Um, Lene and I talked a while ago about um, the power of emotions and energy. Um, so you definitely want to check out that episode because it was such a great stellar episode, um, especially when, you know, you're dealing with a lot of emotional challenges. But for all of you who don't know Lene yet, um, just a quick intro uh, about what Lene's work is all about. So Lene is actually a metaphysical life coach and engineer and she teaches people how to connect with their non-physical body so that they can move through life with less resistance and experience the joy of aligning with their inner source of wisdom. Her background includes material engineering, trauma-informed yoga and self energy self-healing and uh, Lene believes that the key to really accessing higher spiritual energy is learning to love our emotions and um, well first of all welcome back Lene <laughs> to this you know once in a lifetime thrive podcast moment uh, I'm so happy to have you again thank you so much Olga I'm so pleased to be here and really looking forward to diving into the money conversation yeah because I mean the funny thing is ex actually last time we already had in mind to talk about money and um, everything that comes you know with manifesting money changing your money mind uh, mindset and all of that and then we kind of you know naturally uh, flowed with the with the emotional topic which is such an important topic and so um, I thought hey since we couldn't you know do it on the last episode Let's bring you back um, because I think this whole topic around money and um, manifesting, those are like a lot of buzzwords also that are popping up lately a lot. And I think this is also a topic where we women can still improve so much for ourselves, especially when it comes to being an entrepreneur, but also, you know, as a, as a private person. Um, so this is why I didn't want to, you know, miss out on that topic. So, um, how did you actually, I mean, energy and emotions are a very, very important topic, uh, obviously in your work, but, um, why has the topic around, you know, money and money mindset, um, been so important because funnily enough, we met on a Facebook group where it was specifically around this topic and where you were, I remember you commented so um, I don't know. I could really like feel this kind of fierce 
energy with your common words you know just wanting people to realize that uh, mm. there is so much more that they can experience and um, that they shouldn't be you know kind of be stuck in this scarcity mindset and there's so much more available and you just wanted people to know about that so <laughs> why has this become or how has this become such an important topic for you that you want to you know uh, spread and share with more people out there Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I remember that comment conversation. I don't remember what we said exactly, but I was like, yeah, another person who, who gets it. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> money became such a, a central uh, area of examination for me because uh, I had a lot of money struggles in my 20s. I'm, um, I'm heading into my mid-30s now, and a lot of what happened in my entire 20s decade had to do with money, except I didn't know it at the time. So it, it it's basically like to to like really simplify it. I knew I was an entrepreneur without without income in your business. You don't have a business, so you got to figure out what you're offering and how to bring in revenue. Well, there's nothing in my entire life like trying to start several businesses. I've had like many business attempts and fails. There's been nothing in my life that has brought my money stuff to the surface of my awareness, like mm. starting a business and, and like deciding what to offer and setting prices and receiving money and, and like feeling all the stuff that comes. So I love the topic of money because what I found is like through many years of trying to figure out how manifesting works, that it was just this word that I heard of for years, just manifesting. You can manifest mm. what you want. You can manifest your desires and manifest your dreams and manifest, manifest, manifest yeah. abundance. That's another one. And so I just, I just continue to seek, uh, answers and seek truth. And so what I found is like, it's not just about the money, right? It's not actually about the money at all. It's this whole question of how do we manifest money is really the question of how do we create our reality? How does reality creation work? Mm -hmm. And money is a great topic to look at because it's, it taps on a lot of our strong beliefs and feelings. Like it brings up a lot of stuff. If I just asked you what, what immediately comes to mind when I ask you what you think about money? Like when you think about money, what are the, what are the things that come to mind? Like we're going to have emotions that come up. We're going to have childhood memories. We're going to have, a lot of us have uh, some you know, pretty uncomfortable traumas that we've experienced around money. And money has to do with, you know, in our current society, right? It has to do with pretty much every area of our life. So we have come to associate money with freedom. Mm -hmm. So, so that's why it's really interesting to look at. And also money is a measurable result. So when you understand how reality creation works, you can, you can actually measure what has changed. You can measure the change in your beliefs. So I'm getting ahead of myself right now. Um, the, uh, the, another reason why this is such a, a topic that's close to my heart is, so there's like kind of three layers to it, right? So like as entrepreneurs, we are looking to manifest something that doesn't exist yet. We have this idea in our mind, in our consciousness, and our consciousness is unlimited, right? So we have to f somehow figure out 
how to bring this unmanifest idea through ourselves and into existence in the physical world. Mm-hmm. And it like that just it passes through our mind and through our body and and we just we aren't taught how this works, right? So it's just kind of like this big question mark of well, how do I do that? And everybody wants to know how. How yeah. do I do this? How do I do this and what do I do? Exactly. This There's, is what we're yeah, here so, for, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And so what I want to offer is this, that's like the wrong question to ask. It's close, but it's the wrong question to ask. So we're, we're going to look at like how it actually works. So as entrepreneurs, right, we're manifesting the unmanifest and we're trying to figure out how that works. There's another layer of it where like as a female bodied person, we're as a person who was brought up as a woman, we have kind of a unique set of money mind fucks to work with, <laughs> like just to, to broadly generalize. And I realize this is not every person's experience, but it was my experience. And so I'm speaking from my experience. Yeah. There's, there's like a, there's a lot of tribal stuff that, that surrounds women and, and like, we're kind of like the social glue or we're, we're socialized to kind of be the social glue and to belong and be part of the family and be part of our society and our community. So the, the stuff that like when we start to change drastically, if we want to do something very different than what we were raised to do, or if we want to believe something that's a lot different than what we were raised to believe, we can experience that as like a physical threat. Like our actual survival is at risk. Yeah. And it's like, what are they going to think of me? Will I be kicked out of the tribe and like left to die yeah. In in the or you know, so so there's there's this kind of like a money as a as a base, like it touches on our, our survival stuff. It's it has to do with the, the root chakra and our sense of stability and security. And then like layer that on with our connection with other people. And then there's a lot of fear that comes up. Yeah, and I I just I I think I just like, want to oh, what's gonna if I do this. Yeah. And I think it's very important for people to understand this because basically this is like, let's say, the root fear of them all. Uh, This fear of rejection and this fear of not being loved, this fear of not being enough. And um, because like you mentioned, for us women, our survival is through the group. Uh, we are not meant to, you know, go hunt and survive by ourselves because we have the children and, um, well, you know, if you take care of other people, you know, you can't hunt and, uh, let's say leave the child at the same time. So you're always dependent on the group. And, um, usually the group is not very in favor of you, you know, sticking out in the, let's say in their like perspective, negative way. Like we're all supposed to be kind of at the same level together, right? So this is where also a lot of, let's say, fear when it comes to, you know, um, going big, like being successful, all of those fears that come around all of those topics, what are they going to say about me, um, come from. And so I just want people to be aware of that because usually this this is the, the fear that will pop up at especially when you're an entrepreneur or when you're pursuing, let's say, your, you know, your regular corporate career, it's also fine. When you're also about to make that next big step, 
that's where that fear kicks in and then like you mentioned your body literally goes into survival and then um the mind basically just shuts down and all you can think about is you know how can i stay alive yeah yeah totally and um as you were talking i was thinking on on the other side of that also like i went to i went to school as an engineer mm-hmm. largely motivated by that status mm. and money and income and so like when i actually when i left engineering I think I talked about that a little bit in the last episode, but, um, when I left engineering for four years to go study the healing arts, I like, I was associating having money in my job with stress and lack Mm. of health. And so my conclusion at the time was, well, the job that gives the money is making me sick and miserable. So let's just, let's kill the job and let's get rid of the money and just be well and happy. Mm. And so, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, I would give it all up just to feel good. Mm. And so that's what I did. And that's really like why I found out all this stuff is because like, (laughs) it doesn't have anything to do with the money. Um, But what I did notice was also when I, when I gave up the income, I suddenly had all these questions about my worth. And Mm. if I'm not making money, if I don't have like financial evidence of the value I'm bringing to the world, then like, where does my worth come from? Mm-hmm. Right. So that brings me into the the next layer of relevance to talking about the money story. So we talked about like through the, through the filter of being an entrepreneur and manifesting the unmanifest, um, through the filter of being a woman and our tribe stuff and our survival stuff. So like the third layer that I think of this as like, as spiritually aware people, as intuitive people, we just kind of look around at what's happening in the world and sense that something is off. Like something is fucked. Mm -hmm. Not exactly sure what, but something is messed up. And, and I think a lot of us, like I I'm sensing in the collective consciousness, this increasing urge, this increasing desire to, to move through lack based thinking and move through these limitations that we inherited through our belief systems that we, that we receive from our, um, from our families, from our, from our culture. And we're increasingly called to become bigger, bolder, brighter versions of ourselves. And that is at odds with the lack based thinking with our beliefs. So I think that, that like just, just being more conscious, more consciously aware, we are collectively feeling um, increasing amounts of cognitive dissonance and like energetic dissonance as we're, as we're kind of like intuitively sensing that the universe is actually a very abundant, abundant, unlimited place, but we're believing lack-based stories and that feels really bad. So hence, hence the, uh, the value of questioning what we're thinking about money, what we're believing about money and how that's creating results. Yeah, and I think um, maybe most people, or I don't know, uh, I just want to make sure that all our listeners understand, you know, what is it, what is a scarcity or lack, or scarcity mindset, basically, and it's really like, when you think about everything, you know, being um, only available in limited amounts to you, you know, um, thinking or believing that there is not enough money out there, or there's not, you know, um, 
enough or unlimited love or even health whatever it is um and like you mentioned that's where i think coming back to our last episode a little bit and the topic of energy when even though you might be desiring like this abundance where there is no limits um where everything is just you know it's an overflow um yet that's yet yet at the unconscious level where our mind is telling us no but there's not enough so i don't know Mm -hmm. hold on to to your savings or hold on to your job don't go and risk um maybe losing that stable income etc so that brings our whole let's say self out of alignment and that's i think one of the the major challenges when we come back to manifesting that you can't really manifest anything if there is no alignment between let's say your desires and um the thoughts and the emotions that you're actually feeling about the mm. topic whether that is money whether that is love whether that is whatever your health um anything really yeah yeah that's a really good point um there's there's three there's three kind of facets to this lack story that i'm currently aware of that i that i hear and see in in conversations with people just out and about and then also in the coaching context so the three the three areas that i see lack based thinking come up is one there's not enough to go around so that's that that's this belief that there's a limited amount of resources. There's not enough for everybody. Okay, so the second one, the second layer to that is I'm not going to get enough. So there's limited resources and some people may get enough or get their share, but I'm not going to get enough. Yeah. And then the third way that I see it is I'm not enough. Mm. So there's there's different ways that this lack stuff can come up. So think about it like um, like in I, wh- okay. So here's an example. One way that I notice myself thinking in lack based way is when I go out to eat dinner. Mm-hmm. I was noticing myself comparing price versus what I get, <laughs> and you know, like all of us yeah. do this, right? Like I nobody saw that, but I just nodded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you're you're scanning down the menu and you're looking at prices and be like, okay, how much am I going to get for the price? How much am I going to enjoy that for the price? Am I going to get enough? So there's there's this uh, this uh, kind of premise that I have to get an, an even exchange for this money mm-hmm. because I I might run out of money or maybe there's like, I might be hungry later or I won't enjoy it enough or something like that. Um, it also can come up like when you're offered food, um, that you don't really want to eat or you're not hungry, but you just kind of feel like if I don't eat it, then I like, I might miss out or it won't, I won't have as much fun if I don't. There's, there's all kinds of different sneaky ways that lack-based thinking can come up and it's not just money, but like guaranteed, if you are having lack-based thoughts or beliefs in any of those facets, it's going to come up in every area of your life. So working on working on your lack-based thinking, like just, and by that I mean just like becoming aware of it, noticing it really, mm. and it will affect every area of your life. You can work on it with food. I've done a lot of work with myself on overeating and overdrinking, mm. and that uh, cleans up my money relationship. And then I noticed when I was cleaning up my money relationship, it translated to other areas 
mm-hmm. of life. So it's all connected, you know, and then to contrast that with abundance thinking, um, abundance has kind of like become kind of this kind of gross new age term, I think, but I still use it because it's just a descriptive word, you know, it's still, yeah. it's still a good word. And it's just like, there's enough mm-hmm. and there's more than enough. Um, one way that I've been working on this recently is, um, with time. So if you are like, think about this. So if you are believing I am running behind, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have enough time. I'm going to run out of time. I won't be able to get everything done that I need to be, to get done. That changes how you're feeling in the moment. And it oh, also yeah. changes what decisions you're going to make. So like, for example, um, I, I got a phone call from my mom like a, a month or two ago and she says, Hey, do you want to go out with your dad and I, we're going to go out into nature and, and look for agates. So just like these clear rocks mm-hmm. that we can hunt around where, where I live. And ordinarily I say no to all those things, uh, because you know, Sunday afternoon and I gotta, I gotta do chores and I gotta vacuum and meal prep and go grocery shopping and get ready for the week. And I just don't have enough time. Oh yeah. I should email my client. I should do this. And I just don't have enough time for that. Mm -hmm. But then I caught myself and I was thinking, okay, wait, so I've been doing this work on abundance of time. And like, if I believed that I had more than enough time to get everything done, that's important to me, what would I choose? I would totally choose to go out and spend time with my family. And so I did. And so that's, that's one of the benefits of, of doing the work on finding out what you are currently thinking about money, what you're currently thinking about lack and abundance, because it informs all of our choices and therefore the reality that we experience. So that's kind of a, a perfect lead in into the main the main like a uh, point or thesis or like thing for consideration that I want to offer today is what if just consider this for a second. What if there's only one thing you ever really need to do in order to create your reality, in order to create your business, in order to create the financial reality that you want to experience? What if there's only one thing you ever really need to do? So I would like to offer that the one thing is to manage your mind. It's like, okay, mic drop. My work here is done. <laughs> okay, see you later, yeah, Lenny. was good, nice talking to you. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice. No, um, I mean, okay, it's, so it's a super important topic. I mean, the mind is really, let's say, the place where everything starts and ends, kind of. So, so take us like through it. Like what, I mean, just becoming aware of this, let's say possibility, like what if it only took one thing for me to, you know, um, change my situation from, let's say being okay with not earning any money or feeling, um, like money is a burden in kind of way, or it makes me unhealthy, um, to maybe also, um, struggling or being challenged with, you know, like starting a new business and all of that. Um, how has, how has this, you know, helped you? How has this, um, been affecting you in your own life? Okay. So to answer that question, I want to 
to ask, like, how do we normally try to create mm-hmm. a reality? How do we normally try to manifest? So pretty much the most, if not all of the business advice out there, nebulously out there, is it teaches that we have to do actions and just implement behaviors and systems, and then you'll create your result. So almost all of the advice out there on how to create a particular result is action-based. And a lot of it has to do with willpower and discipline Mm. and uh, hustle. So it's all action-based. It's like, if you do this, if you follow this recipe and do these things, A, B, and C, then you will get the outcome you want. Well, that almost never works. Like (laughs) you, you for sure can hustle and white knuckle it and willpower it. But yeah, like (laughs) my past self is like naughty and going, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. I've tried that. But like you you can sustain that for a while, but it's not sustainable long-term to, to willpower your way through it with just doing the actions. Mm. And the reason for that is because our emotions or our feelings are what drives our actions. And if you are trying to take an action that is contrary to how you are feeling, there's only a certain amount of, of time that you're going to be able to sustain that before kind of burning out and giving up. And you're just like, oh, fuck it. I can't do this anymore. And so I think that that's a lot of where uh, burnout and failure uh, comes from oh, yeah, when, definitely. You're, when you're talking about trying to create a particular result. Because just just to, you know, uh, get people back to what we were, what we've been talking just a, f- a couple of minutes ago, it's like when, like you mentioned, when you're in survival mode and you're thinking, you know, money's not available to you or you have to work really hard for it. And at the same time, you know, that brings you into the survival mode. And so your your body is constantly under stress. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't really maybe notice it as, as, stre- as stress as such, but your body is under stress. And so, like you mentioned, if you there are then, you know, constantly trying to, you know, act your way through it, um, your body will not get out of this fear, survival, stress mode. And your body can only maintain that to a certain degree until it really collapses. And so... Yeah. This is what I want people to become aware of, like this topic around stress and how to become aware of it in yourself is so important because I feel since we get so disconnected from ourselves, we don't even realize or notice that we are passing so much time in those states, but then we, you know, um, we're surprised, you know, why our health is suffering. Mm-hmm. So just, yeah. I just wanted to emphasize that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I love that, that connection there. Yes. Um, so I have a perfect example for this. Um, we're, we are taught collectively that our emotions are not really all that important or that we should only feel happy and we should avoid our negative feelings mm. and just like do what we need to do to feel better. Right. There's, there's just this uh, this base misunderstanding of the role that our feelings play. They actually contain a lot of information. So mm-hmm. here's an example of that when we're trying to, say, pay off debt. Um, 
I'm going to just go out on a limb, make a, make a guess that if somebody is listening to this podcast, there's something about your financial reality that you are not happy with, that you want to change. Mm. And that is certainly where I started off. It was like, okay, why am I doing this really? Like, why am I doing these things that are not good for my future self? Or like they're in contract, they're, they're uh, contradicting what I say I want. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so that's where it really, really matters what emotion you're trying to fuel it with. So say you're trying to pay down debt. Um, say you're trying to make a plan and, and like a lot of people will say, Oh, it's just, it's easy. You just make a plan and then you do the plan. Okay. Well, that's not taking into account the emotion behind it. So what if the thought you're thinking is I will never get out of this. And that's the thought that I've heard a lot of people say when we have conversations about debts, like, I just feel like I'm doomed. It's futile. I will never escape this. I'll never get out from under this. So that feels like a fact, right? It just feels like you're just looking around observing. This is too much. I'll never get out of this. But really, this is a thought. So let's just define like what is money before we go into this model. Money is a circumstance. So the difference between a circumstance and a thought is it's something that is outside of us. Everybody would agree on. It could be proved, but it doesn't inherently mean anything. So like, what is money? It's like the, it's the dollar bills. It's the pieces of paper. It's the ones and zeros in the computer. It's like by itself, it just lays there. Like if the, if I lay a dollar bill on the floor and then walk away and nobody ever comes up to it and I don't ever come up to it again, it just stays there, right? It doesn't mm. do anything by itself. It's, it's just a symbol. It's just a piece of paper that we have all agreed to think thoughts about. So all of us collectively people have decided to agree this piece of paper has this amount of value. So like, think about the difference between a $1 bill, a $5 bill, a $50 bill. What is the difference really? It's got different symbols printed on it, but there's nothing really unique about the piece of paper itself. Mm. It's just, we have all agreed this, this stands for this much amount of value and I'll exchange this dollar for this item. Mm. Uh, it's, it's really a collection of thoughts that we have agreed to think. It's like, what we have agreed this means. So it's the same thing when we're looking at debt. So like I'm in debt, that's a thought. That's actually a thought that we're thinking. So if we wanted to get really factual, like what are the facts? You could prove the, uh, the amount of dollars that you owe or the balance on that account or what your minimum payment is according to that, the terms of that loan. Um, you could prove that that's, we could, everybody could agree on that. And what you're making it mean is I'm in debt and I'll never get out of this. So these are, these are our thoughts that we're thinking about the circumstance. And that's really important because the dollars in the account is not causing me to feel a certain way. It's not causing yeah. me to feel stressed out. It's how I'm interpreting it. So if I'm looking at the, the debt I owe and say, say, I owe 29,000. Mm-hmm. That was that was an amount that I owed at one time. So, let's just say the circumstance is loans equal $29,000 USD. Mm-hmm. And the thought that I'm thinking about it, the meaning that I'm giving that circumstance is I will never get out of this. 
So say that when I think that, when I think I'll never get out of this, I feel doomed. And what does that mean? Like when I say I feel doomed, like what does that, what does that actually mean? So, so an emotion or a feeling is a sense that we get in our body. It's a physical yeah. experience and doomed is not a great feeling. <laughs> it's just, it's like it's the end word. of the freaking world and right. Yeah. So, so doomed is a word that I am using to stand for a feeling that I feel in my body. It's mm. just like, that's, that's the word that I use to describe this feeling. So say, say I'm, I'm thinking I'll never get out of this. And what I'm actually feeling in my body is something like my chest gets tight and my stomach feels heavy and my, my brain gets like, it feels like my head feels pressurized mm. and maybe I feel hot and a little shaky and a little sweaty. Like I used to, I used to feel that way every time I'd open my bank account or even think about looking at my bank account. Mm. So, and I was believing that the, the money was causing me to feel that way. So I was like, let's avoid the money. Right. But if you are able to separate the thoughts from the circumstance, then you can actually do something with it. So the money itself, neutral money's a circumstance. It's neutral. It doesn't cause me to feel how I'm, how I'm thinking about that is I'm not, I'll never get out of this. And then I feel doomed. I have that heavy, mm -hmm. tight, constricted, uh, feeling in my body. So when I am feeling that way in my body, what do I do? How mm -hmm. do I act? So for me, when I'm, when I was feeling doomed, I would avoid looking at my accounts. I would avoid opening my mail. Um, I would avoid making plans. I would basically like try to escape that feeling of doom, which is mm. like very, that, that's what we all do, right? Like feels bad. Okay. I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> Yeah, something something's wrong. Need to get away from this feeling because it's bad. It feels like a threat. Um, and, and then and like spend to make myself feel better. Like maybe I go out for drinks or go out to eat or just like go shopping. And, and that's then a healthy way that, to pay off I'm... your debt, right? <laughs> let me not look yeah, at it. Yeah. Let me just close my eyes. <laughs> let me go out. Let me spend some more. And then the next time you're going to look at it and it's going to be worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like when I do those things, when I'm doing those actions and when I'm avoiding thinking about it, avoiding looking at it, avoiding planning, go out and spend money. What's my outcome? What's mm. my result? So nothing changes. The cycle continues. I actually create the result where I will never get out of this. Mm -hmm. So it's not interesting that the money is, is neutral. It doesn't actually mean anything by itself. But when I choose to interpret it as I'll never get out of this and I feel doomed and then I do all that avoiding and fuck it spending, then my result is I actually never get out of this cycle. Yeah. So no matter what we're believing, no matter what we're thinking in our head, we create evidence of it. And we not only see proof that, that mirror like confirms our, our belief when we're looking around through that filter in the world, we actually like physically create evidence for that thought also like thoughts always want to prove themselves. So like, what's like, how do we know that money is neutral? How do I know that that money in that account, the, the, um, the debt that I owe is neutral? How do I know? Well, like we could take the same amount of money, 29,000. And the thought could be something like, I'm figuring this out. Maybe it could be like, 
I'm so grateful that I took out those loans because I learned so much and it brought me to where I am today. Like there's, mm. there's other ways of interpreting it, right? So the, the same amount of, of, uh, money owed could make two different people feel very, very differently. And that's how we can tell that the money itself is neutral. It can't make you feel a certain way. It's yeah. meaning you're giving it. So, so let's look at this model of like, if I was looking at the same amount of money, the same circumstance, $29,000 owed, and I was thinking, I'm figuring this out, then what feeling would that create? Uh, depends on the person, right? But for me, that creates the feeling of calm. And calm is like, in my body, I feel, uh, my, my body feels like kind of quiet. And my, my mind is clear. And um, my body feels kind of relaxed. Uh, like I'm able to, I'm able to sit straighter and maybe soften my shoulders a little bit. I feel grounded, feel present. And so that's, that's the feeling in my physical body when I'm thinking, I'm figuring this out. And then when I have that feeling of calm in my body, how would I act? How would I behave? What would I do? When I feel calm, I might make a plan. I might look at where all my money is. I might focus on what result I want to create. I might give my money a job. I might tell it what to do. <laughs> and then what, what would be the outcome of that when I'm making a plan? I know where my money is. I'm giving it a job. I'm focusing on the result I want. My result is I am figuring it out or I have figured it out. Mm. So the, this model of our circumstance is neutral. Our thought about it creates our feeling. Our feeling drives our actions and our actions ultimately create our outcomes or our results. Yeah, this is a that very important is, thing. Yeah, so that that's kind of how I look at money. Um, I'm always looking to be aware when I'm feeling negative about, about something or when I'm feeling negative about my money or even positive about money. I just like, just check in real quick and be like, what, okay, what am I making this mean? How am I interpreting this? What am I choosing to think mm -hmm. about this? And that's another important point before we, uh, before we go on is that our thoughts are within our control. Our circumstances may not always be within our control. In fact, many are not like we can't control other people. We can't control the weather, can't control our past, uh, but we get to choose our thoughts always. So, yeah. so, so what would you that, say, what would you say to people who are like, okay, Lene, it all sounds great. You know, change, change my thoughts. And, um, it's maybe, maybe, maybe they would, people would say like, you know, it's kind of like just saying positive and affirmations to yourself, you know, but how did you really get, let's say rid of the emotion that is attached to what you were thinking or believing before that because one thing is let's say starting obviously with different input from uh from the thought side but then how do you get you know yourself into alignment and get rid of the negative attachments that you had before energetically mm. so that you actually don't you know so that you actually don't run into this 
let's say vicious cycle of like oh yeah but you know i know i can make it and money is great but your head still thinks like this is screwed up there's not enough you know i'm still <laughs> fucked um i'll never uh you know uh be successful with it whatever the thoughts are like how how can people you know um implement that into their lives yeah i love that question uh th this is really great because like one of my clients recently asked me that it's like yeah okay all those all those thoughts sound like a great idea when we're in session but then afterwards mm -hmm. my brain's like but 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 <laughs> okay so i've got a few i've got a few thoughts on this okay so the first thing is there's kind of like this this premise to that question that there is a better or right way to do things. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that. I don't believe that there's a right or wrong way to do anything. Mm -hmm. So like the, the, the thought of um, how do I get rid of this feeling or how do I get rid of my current problem, it, it implies that there's something wrong with what is happening. And I think my personal opinion, mm -hmm. I, I get that this may sound like just utter bullshit to some people, <laughs> especially if you're in a kind of a negative feeling place. I believe that nothing has gone wrong. Your past is perfect. Mm. And you're exactly where you like, you're exactly where is right for you now. So like there, there is not actually anything wrong. Um, and there's not a right or wrong way to be. And that actually I've found is like really scary for some of us to, to come to terms with that there might not be a right or best way to do anything. Mm. Um, but that's also one of the things that I find so fucking freeing and liberating about, about manifesting is like, there is no right or wrong way to live. So what do I choose? What do I prefer? What do I want? So instead of asking this question of like, how do I, how do I get rid of this problem? It's like, what do I prefer? Mm -hmm what would I like to experience? What am I willing to experience? And start thinking about terms of like, if there's not a right or best way to be, but I could choose still, like, what would I choose? Some people are going to choose to live their entire life and maybe multiple, many, many lives experiencing the same problems mm -hmm. and experiencing the same patterns and the same results. I think that that is fine. I think well, it will suck for the people, but you got to learn your your uh, lesson <laughs> someday. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, I, uh, ultimately, I think that all of us are choosing. I think we're all choosing our reality. I think we're all choosing our experience. Um, even if we kind of act like we don't want it or like we act like we didn't choose it, we are choosing it. We're still choosing. We're always choosing what we're thinking and feeling, even if we have temporarily forgotten that that's how it works. Um, so the next part of your question is, uh, let's see, how do I, well, le okay. So let's talk about that also of like, how do I get rid of a negative feeling? So that's a really good question. And I want to offer this, um, this perspective. So when you feel negative, how are you interpreting that? You feel negative, right? You mm -hmm. just like feel bad. You can just tell you feel like shit in your body and your mind. It just feels not good. And you don't want to feel that way anymore. Right? So Normally what people do when they feel negative, we try to avoid it, we resist it, or we react to it. So reacting could be uh, whatever whatever um, snap reaction or impulse comes up. So some, some people it's like uh, reach for a drink or have a snack or go shopping or yell or cry or 
we just react to it to try to get rid of it. Um, resisting would be like, uh, kind of like stealing yourself and tensing up and being like, I am not going to feel that. Just like gritting your teeth and, and like refusing, <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to feel that right now. I refuse. <laughs> Um, and then avoiding would be like doing something to distract, go, uh, hop on Instagram and do some scrolling or, uh, text somebody or, uh, watch Netflix or play with your dog or just avoiding, mm. um, avoiding the feeling. Well, so, so this is so good because like, why do we do that? Like what is so bad about a feeling that we feel like we got to go to these great lengths to escape it or get rid of it. So, so just think about this, like we feel negative, right? But like, what is actually happening? What is really going on inside your body when you're feeling, um, like what are some ways we could feel? We could feel stressed out. We could feel fearful. We could feel rejected, uh, doomed. We talked about earlier. Yeah. I can feel overwhelmed. Uh, overwhelmed. Yes. Okay, so so when you're feeling these these feelings, I want you to really go into your body and notice like what is actually happening in my body. What am I feeling? And and I love this because some some of my clients like when we first start looking or working together, they just look at me blankly like, "What the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean where I'm feeling?" <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like. Think about this. So in your body, when you are feeling that way, is it feel, is it heavy or is it light? And usually they can tell like it feels heavy. Is it fast or is it slow? It's fast. Hmm. It's, is it, what color is it? Maybe it's black. Is it sharp or is it dull? Hmm. Yeah, I always recommend people to to like close their eyes because you can actually like you can really feel everything in your body. Obviously, it takes, you know, some practice because sometimes we're just so disconnected that, you know, you just lose any kind of sense. But um, it really helps to just, you know, for, for people who just want to try it out and everything, all the steps that you're mentioning, you know, just close your eyes when you have that kind of situation and just feel like lean into your body and just, you know, sit with it and try to localize it yep. with the questions yeah. then that Lene is, is telling you. Yep. Closing your eyes is, um, that, that can really tune you in. Um, I find that when I'm feeling a really strong negative emotion, sometimes I really resist Mm-hmm. Uh, even feeling, I definitely resist closing my eyes. So you can start with asking yourself some more like cerebral questions, like characterizing and giving it a color mm. and like, what would I name it if it was one word? And then, and then like, yeah, when you, when you feel, or if you just feel like you're ready to go into your body, check in, close your eyes and ask yourself like, where do I feel this the most strongly? Is it in my head? Is it in my throat? Is it in my stomach? And it might take you a second to feel it. Uh, or is it like, is it in my arms? My arms are really tense and my hands. I just want to clench my hands. So just notice and observe it and be present with it because the alternative to avoiding, resisting and reacting to a negative emotion is to allow it to be there. Mm. And what does allowing mean? Allowing means choosing to feel it on purpose. So that would look something like, okay, I'm feeling uh, really, 
I'm feeling really, really stressed. And so instead of uh, resisting or avoiding this feeling in my body, which I now recognize as a vibration that I'm just feeling in my body right now, I am going to allow it to be there, which means, all right, this feeling of stress, this vibration of stress is in my body right now. And I feel it in my chest and in my stomach and kind of in my head. And I'm just going to be with it. I'm just going to watch it and mm. look at it. So one of the, one of the things that I think one of the fears, um, that, that I hear people say is like, I am worried that if I let myself feel, it will never end. It'll never leave. Mm. And I will feel this way forever. Well, you, I mean, you, you can prove this to yourself over time, but like, I will tell you right now, there never in the history of ever has an emotion stayed for good. <laughs> Emotions are like visitors. They come in, they stay for a while and they go. So when you, when you're pushing away that negative feeling, you're actually kind of holding it in place. It doesn't, it's not allowed to process fully all the way through. It's not allowed to leave. You just don't look at it, but it's still kind of there underlying and then when you're doing all these other things like going out to drink or spending more money, you're creating this further net negative. Mm. But the alternative, feeling and allowing that emotion to be there and, and sitting with it and examining how it feels, there's, there's actually no net negative of that. There is no net negative effect of feeling a vibration in your body and then allowing it to, to pass that does not create a net negative. So I think that that is the harder practice because when you stop avoiding your feelings, like there's going to be kind of like a backlog of them to, to feel and process, but it, they, it never, ever, ever, ever lasts forever. It always, it always passes. It always processes through. And like, I feel great after <laughs> I've, I've processed or allowed a negative feeling. I mean, like I just went through this, this last week mm -hmm. I had few days where I felt like absolute trash and I was exhausted and I felt like just emotionally fucked mm -hmm. and really, really stuck. Like that was my main emotion. I felt stuck and trapped. And <laughs> like in the moment, I really wanted to do everything to avoid and escape that feeling because it felt really heavy and it felt really, really bad. But I know I have faith. I trust in, in my, these practices and I know that if I resist them, it really just keeps it there longer. And I don't get to receive the wisdom that that feeling showed up to bring. Our emotions contain information. Mm. And so that's why, like, if you really want to get even like one layer higher about it, I, I think that all emotions are, they're not positive or negative. Like we experience them as feeling more positive yeah. or negative, but really they're just, they're all vibrations. They're all feelings. And they all contain information because they point us back to what we are thinking, what we're believing that's generating that feeling. Yeah. So, so yeah. So what would you say have been like, um, the biggest money, um, money stories that you were able to turn around for yourself and how has this, you know, uh, reflected in, um, well, in your life basically, Especially, let's say, maybe in, in your business endeavor. Mm. Okay. 
So a few of the, I, I brought some money models of things that I actually used to think mm-hmm. and, uh, and then what I used to believe and what I believe now. So I was going to go through a few models. So the circumstances money for all of them, right? So I'm looking at the thoughts and feelings portion of these models. So in the, in the beginning, um, I would say maybe like four ish years ago, the first, the first step to really creating um, financial health, or like as I experienced it, um, was allowing myself to know exactly what my financial situation was. So I had had this long-term pattern of avoiding looking at mm. my account, avoiding planning in the future, uh, avoiding opening my mail. I got hit with fines all the time just because I just wouldn't open my mail. Mm. And all of this was like based on this belief that uh, nothing would change. I couldn't change it. Uh, but one of the one of the thoughts I had come up a lot was, I can't handle the stress of looking, mm. and I can't believe I let it get this bad. So the the model of I can't handle the stress of looking um, actually generated stress. So it was kind of funny because ironically I'm trying to avoid feeling stressed by looking at my accounts, um, but I was feeling stressed just thinking about not mm. looking at my account. Um, and then, you know, when I felt stressed, it would, I wanted to avoid it and, uh, escape and, you know, nothing changed. That was the result. Nothing changed. Uh, the, that thought of, I can't believe I let that, let it get this bad. That felt like shame. I had a lot mm. of shame about what I had created. Cause like, I knew that I created it, right? Like nobody else spent the money I did. Mm. And so the thought of, I can't believe I let it get this bad. Um, that's, that's kind of a big one. I think that a lot of times, like whether, whether it's a financial reality or like our weight or uh, a relationship or job or like, who knows what, whenever we're looking at this undesired reality that we're experiencing, we often have this temptation to beat ourselves up for it Mm. and to like chastise ourselves for letting it happen in the first place that feels really important, but it just makes us feel worse and it makes us feel ashamed. And that doesn't, it doesn't create any positive effect. So that was one thing that I had to stop doing was just decide I'm not going to beat myself up for where I, for being where I am. So that was a decision. That was a conscious decision I made. Um, and I turned that thought into, I, can allow myself to know mm. that was my, that was kind of my first thought that I worked on is like I can allow myself to know exactly how much money I have and where it's going yeah and it's so important I mean because it's like let's say with all with all things any of you listening wants to you know achieve in life you need to know your point a where are you starting out you know it's like a gps system you can't arrive at a certain destination when you don't know where your current situation is or location is and where that destination is specifically that you want to go it's not enough to just say hey i want to go to the states or i want to go to mexico or to china you need to put in specifically which city do you want to visit maybe even let's say the specific location of the hotel or anybody who's who you're visiting otherwise your internal system your internal navigation system 
can't work for you you know it doesn't know where to guide you and where to start and then it's just a whole you know a mess because your mind starts spinning you know because it doesn't it doesn't know what to do yeah yeah exactly exactly so like when i so say i was trying to create a different reality but i was fueling my actions with stress and shame mm-hmm. what's gonna happen like that i'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to do things that are driven by stress and shame while trying to willpower my way into doing actions that are not stress and shame. There's, there's just a whole bunch of confusion and, and that's why willpower doesn't work. Ultimately, that's why it's, it's worth it to do the, the work on the beliefs because like if I tried to approach it instead from a place of, I can allow myself to know for me that generated a feeling of willing. And when I felt willing then it's so much easier and natural to look, to look at the situation, to feel what I'm feeling and like to know, okay, when I, when I look at this, I am going to experience this like hot, heavy, pukey feeling. Uh, I'm going to experience some shame, but I'm willing to experience that. Mm. So that, that, that really changes, that changes the experience of it. And then I get to create the result where I do know what the situation is when I do know where my starting point is. And I love that you called out, uh, being specific. Cause that's like, that was like the next thing that I wanted to, to say. It was like, when we are, when we are choosing to focus on a different reality that we want to create a lot of us, um, I, I think that like for me, okay, I'll just speak to my own experience. I, uh, wanted this, like <laughs> this preferred reality to kind of just automatically happen. And I didn't want to actually name what I wanted to experience. Like why? Well, there's this, this model of like, what will other people think of me Mm. for wanting that? I, I had to deal with some fear about like letting myself want what I want and like feeling like I have to justify it. Mm. So, so that, that'll come up next when you're, when you're working on changing your beliefs and we, like circling back to the beginning, we talked about this, this, uh, this comes up a lot for women where we feel like we have to like be with the other people around us. Like we have to feel what they feel, experience what they experience, believe what they believe. So this thought will come up like, I can't because what will they think of me? I can't want that. Yeah. It's what like, think? who does she think she is for wanting, let's say a million dollar in her bank account? Yeah. Like, fuck yes. Yeah. I would prefer a, mo- a million dollars <laughs> to like a couple of thousand. But it's like right? viewed so negatively um, that uh, something even so, let's say, so surreal maybe. Or like mm-hmm. the other thing that I personally also, um, I said myself, like, I don't know how many years ago, but let's say six years ago. Oh, but I don't need that much, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with yep. uh, living with just, I don't know, a couple thousand euros, bucks, whatever your currency is. Yeah. And looking back, you know, I, I mean, this is this is like I, I'm I'm a middle class kid, right? I'm coming from a working class family. So it's like for me, it was all about budgeting. You know, how can I budget mm-hmm. my money? And so then it's like, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. You know, I can make it work. But then it's like, yeah. That's so screwed up. Like I would prefer to, you know, just, you know, have abundant, an abundant flow of money and not having to even think about it and just do things the way I really want and not checking prices um, multiple times before purchasing anything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really worth questioning. Like if I feel like I can't want something without justifying like, Oh, I want a million dollars, but I'm going to use it all to help these other people. (laughs) Or I'm it's for, (laughs) it's for a really good cause. It's all for donations. Right. Like, yeah. And just, just like questioning, being curious why that is. And, uh, this one thought has been so useful to me. I return to this like for all the time. I, I feel the way I feel because of how I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So uh, just noticing, uh, like if I, if I was thinking about that, like, and, and I do think about this too. I, I mean, I have the same, I have the same struggles as a lot of, a lot of people, right? We're not as unique as we think we are a lot of times with what we're believing, <laughs> but if I notice myself um, being fearful of of doing something or putting myself out there or even like naming what I want and I'm I'm wanting to kind of escape that feeling, I just remind myself I feel the way I feel because of how I'm thinking. Hmm. And that that just reminds me of this this truth that I am responsible for my thoughts and feelings. And I'm going to let other people be responsible for their thoughts and feelings. So that's, that's how I transform this particular fear about like what other people will think of me, this fear of rejection. I am responsible for my thoughts and feelings and other people are responsible. And like, it's, that's a thought, but I also, like, I also consider that a universal truth. Um, I consider that one of the, main premises for our existence on earth is that this is a free will place and we get to choose maybe not all of our circumstances. Right. But we, we do choose our thoughts. We choose the, the vibrations that we experience and therefore emanate. Mm -hmm. And that, that that we experience. So when I, when I take full responsibility for what I think and feel, and I own that, my stuff, and I let you think and feel what you think and feel, then it's like, it just kind of shifts your perspective. And then all of a sudden, it's not like I need you to think a certain way about me so that I can feel good. It, it's like, it almost kind of reminds me, oh, I'm on my path to learn what I choose to learn in this life. And, and so are you. And we can choose different things. And that's fine. And that's okay. So there's, there's like one, one last piece to this that I want, I would like to offer, like, say you did think something really bad about me, mm-hmm. say that you didn't want to be in my life anymore because of what I chose to want. Then what? Like, what's the worst? What's the worst that could happen? What I want to offer is that the worst that can happen is that I will feel a feeling like for a lot of us, the, the worst, like what, what is the worst feeling you can imagine for, for a lot of us, it's maybe something like, uh, rejection, mm-hmm. rejection is the worst feeling, uh, for, for a lot of people, um, humiliation, failure, desolation. There's, it, it, it may be different for every person in every phase of their life. But like, if you think about like, what's the worst 
thing you can imagine happening? And like, why is that the worst thing? How do you think you would feel if that happened? Really what we're afraid of is feeling a feeling. And what if you knew that a feeling is just a vibration in the body? What if you knew that you could feel anything? You could allow it, you could witness it, you could process it, and you could release it all the way through. And that was the worst thing that could happen to you. What if the worst thing that could happen is a feeling? And what if there is no feeling that you are unwilling to feel? So like even just even just talking about that kind of like brings up like butterflies in my stomach because there's you you you're unstoppable. Right? You you are you can't be stopped by anything if you are willing to feel everything. So that's that's kind of the um, that's the, the thing that I would like to leave our listeners with is what if there was only one thing you need to do, manage your mind. And what if the worst thing that can happen is a feeling and there's no feeling that you're unwilling to feel. And I love I love those two things because well maybe people will think, you know, okay, um I can control let's say my feelings, but maybe let's say their relationship or the way certain people, let's say their parents or their friends or their family, still obviously they behave in their own kind of way. And I think um, the very important point is to really realize that every person, like you mentioned, is in charge of their own emotions, of their own behaviors. Like this is like this huge misconception that I can make somebody happy I can make somebody proud I can make I can't make anybody anything that person chooses to feel a certain way like we discussed throughout the whole episode is like based on what they're thinking based on the meaning that they're giving the situation so it doesn't really depend on what action you're going to take uh, let's say about what money story uh, you want to create for yourself um It really just depends on them. And so becoming aware, you know, of the fact that you're not responsible for other people's emotions, that you're only responsible for your own emotion. And that's the only thing that you can really manage. For me, this has been such a big game changer because I felt so guilty and I'm not talking about money now, but on, a, on on other occasions, you know, where that would hold me back a lot because I would feel like, oh, I'm disappointing people. But fuck, I, I can't disappoint other people. If other people choose to be disappointed, then that's your choice. I can't, you know, affect that. And um, I feel like this has been so helpful for me that I just want to stress that, that, You know, you cannot make anybody feel anything. They choose to feel that way. And um, so I love the fact that you've mentioned that. And I think it's so powerful. Once you really get that and you start little by little um, implementing in your life, this is like what I also loved is that you mentioned. This is like really the true freedom. Because it's not necessarily about how much money you have on your bank account that's going to give you the freedom. Because I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of, let's say, wealthy people out there in money terms who are not feeling free in any sense yeah. um, 
of their life but the true freedom comes when you realize that you know you are you are free to choose what you can think and what you want to think what you want to feel and um, navigate your life based on those things Mm. yeah that's beautiful well said so how would you say um are you now approaching let's say all the financial things uh in your life in your business like how do you approach things now that you've been through this kind of self-awareness journey and uh you've managed to get rid of some of those limiting beliefs and um negative emotions or low frequency emotions (laughs) yeah um I would say there's there's three things that I do. This is this is just in general, right? So so if money is a neutral circumstance and it's just there doing nothing until I tell it to do something, then I can take responsibility for telling it what to do. So I think of money now as this like <laughs> perfect little army of minions who is are happy to do my bidding. I, I can't remember who I heard say that. I want to say it was Brooke Castillo from Life Coach School. I just love that so much. Uh, so I think of my money as an army of minions that amplifies my intentions mm-hmm. and will into the world. And uh, so I can tell it what to do. And it's always just doing what I told it to do. So I can choose to not tell it what to do. But I do choose to tell it what to do. So that's the first thing is direct, direct my money, uh, view it as neutral and just use it as an extension of my intentions into Mm -hmm. the world. Um, the second thing is I choose how I feel. I, I ask myself like, how am I feeling and how do I want to feel? And that is, uh, that's, that's a pathway for me to find out what I'm currently thinking and then like clean up my thoughts and and just check in and be like, what do I want to feel? And I want to connect this to a question you asked kind of in the middle of, well, like, isn't this just about positive affirmations and um, thinking positive mm-hmm. and uh, like, you know, with the implication of like, that just sounds like a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> uh, well, it's really important when you're choosing what you want to think and what you want to believe. It's really, really important that it feels true. So that's why I think it's so important to be really, really honest with yourself about where am I currently right now and what's a better feeling thought that I could choose to think on purpose that actually feels true. Because like if I choose a if I choose a positive affirmation or intention that just feels like fucking bullshit to me, then I'm not gonna feel the positive effects of that. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not believing it. I'm not going to feel positive because of it. I'm going to feel, well, that feels like a lie and I'm probably going to feel negative. So that's, that's one thing. Make sure that, make sure that the thought that you pick to think instead feels true. It feels believable and it also feels better than the old one. Any amount, any amount that will always lead you towards greater alignment with yourself like finding a believable thought that feels better than what you were feeling a second ago. Um, and then the third thing I do is I direct my focus towards what I would like to experience. So I regularly ask myself, what would I prefer? What would I like to experience? And then guide my focus and attention towards that because the more I think in alignment with the thing, like as, 
as if I'm already experiencing it, right? So I just like kind of just pop myself into the future of the me who's already figured this out and and like kind of project of what would I be thinking and feeling once I already have solved this? Mm. And then I put myself like almost like seeing through the eyes of that me and and feel it. And that one, one objection I hear is like, well, it's not really true, right? Like that's, why would you do that? Because aren't you just lying to yourself or aren't you, aren't you just like being dishonest if you're acting like you already have something mm. that you don't, but, but like, remember the model, the, the thought creates the feeling and the feeling drives that action and outcome. So really like when you want something, you think that you want it because of how you're going to feel having it, but really you're going to feel how you feel because of what you're thinking about it. So the feeling comes first, generate the thought, generate the feeling. And it makes it so much easier to correspond with the reality that you want to experience. So that's, that's how I use that. I, I choose, I make choices for my money. I choose how I want to feel. And then I direct my focus to what I would like to experience next and start to vibrate with that, like, as if I've already experienced it, like claim that reality as mine Mm. and generate the feeling that I would feel if I already had it. Cause that just makes it so much more likely. So it's so much easier for me to line up with it. And I think maybe it's important to also mention that, you know, our mind cannot differentiate between, um, something that we visualize and something that we actually see. So it just takes the action based on the images that it sees, but it can't differentiate between reality and imagination. So Mm -hmm. what you're saying about, you know, really visualizing is um, so powerful because for your mind, it's the truth. It's what's really going on. Oh, for sure. Like it becomes the truth of your experience. And And also like, what's the downside of that is there is no downside to enjoying something before you have it really. Like we do it all the time. You, you anticipate seeing your friend, you're excited before they're even there. You anticipate getting your dinner delivered at a restaurant before Mm. it is is there. We, you, and you're excited about this, uh, this next phase of life or this thing you're about to do. We do this all the time already. So why not do it on purpose? Yeah. I love that. So if you would like people like maybe they didn't, I don't know, maybe they missed parts of this episode, whatever happened, you know, let's assume they uh, couldn't hear anything that we just spoke. What would be the the one thing that you really would like anybody to take away or know uh, when it comes to changing their money game, their money situation? Um or amp up their, let's say, manifestation skills? What's the one thing? Okay, the one thing. This is all game. It's all game. (laughs) So direct your mind toward what you prefer to experience. You're always in control of what your mind is doing. Supervise your mind, direct it towards what you want to experience. Because it's just a game, and you get to choose what happens next. You get to choose the next level of the game. So flow your attention. You have control over that. You have total sovereignty and control over what your mind is doing and what it focuses on. So if you just do that, then kind of the rest follows. You know, you direct your mind towards your preferred 
experiences and you start to feel better. You start mm. to feel more in alignment and therefore it becomes more likely that you'll experience it. Awesome. So Lene, considering our time together, um, I think it's been really great actually like really profound stuff that we covered again this today and uh i really think that if if people really i hope you really listen um to the model that lene has been mentioning you know about thought feeling action and outcome this is like once you understand this really you can apply this in anything in your life and it can help you tremendously about becoming aware of what is going on um, in understanding yourself and uh, understanding why, well, why you're experiencing the results and why you're experiencing certain things in life. And um, I really love, you know, all the different um, situations that you also shared with us from your life, going through debt and then having all those different kind of beliefs around money and how it can actually, you know, um, be of disadvantage for you and how you can get out of it. So thank you so much, Lenny, for doing this, uh, let's say, extended episode <laughs> from from last time around emotions. Um, I'm really happy that we could share that. Yeah, thank you so much, Olga. I really, I value and appreciate your willingness to have conversations about money so much. So we just, you know, in silence, shame thrives. And just by having the conversation mm. and putting it out into the world, being willing to say the words and talk about it, I, I believe that, that we are collectively clearing and um, making it possible for, for more women and more entrepreneurs to release the things that we inherited and choose our future. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so too. So thank yeah. you so much, Lane. Thank you so much for tuning into the Thrive Podcast and spending your precious time with us. If you found this episode valuable and think that others could benefit from it too, please share it with your network, friends, and family. I would also be forever grateful if you could go over to iTunes and leave us an honest review about the show. And if you have a comment, question, or topic that you would like to see covered on the show, go to algamuller.com slash thrivepodcast. So see you next week, girl. And until then, don't forget that you were meant to thrive.